On this podcast, we talk about real experiences and real research that back up the use of recreation therapy as a method of treatment for a variety of populations. We try to keep it real as we address concerns and successes that we and other recreation therapists have had as we all navigate this awesome career field. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is everything gets a lot easier when you can talk it out with a friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Talk Recreation Therapy Podcast. We are really excited today to talk to Debbie about grant writing. So Debbie, if you want to just share a little bit about yourself, we'll jump right in. We're excited to to go into questions about what grants are and how recreation therapists working in certain fields can have access to grants. So thank you, Debbie, for coming on. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, By way of introduction, my name is Debbie Adams. I'm currently based in Sacramento, California. I have been a writer ever since I was a small child. I remember going into first grade. I skipped kindergarten and I went into first grade. And I remember, still remember one of my teachers writing something on one of my little journals saying, wow, what a great writer's voice. And I kind of kept that with me for my whole life. Um, I got a degree in English teaching with a minor in editing, and then I went on to get a master's in public administration with an emphasis in nonprofit management. So I spent some time teaching English, feeling very frustrated with the public education system and wishing I could make a bigger impact. And so I transitioned into the nonprofit sector. And at that time, I'm still, I'm a mom to small children. And I didn't feel like I wanted to devote myself full-time into the nonprofit sector. And so I felt like grant writing was a great marriage of my passion for nonprofit work and my skills of writing. So after I finished my master's in public administration, I started doing some volunteer grant writing for a couple of different nonprofit organizations. One that's very, very well established. It's the oldest nonprofit organization in San Francisco and also some startups. And that gave me a really good introduction to how vastly different grant writing can be depending on the organization that you're working for and depending on what kind of funding you're going after. And that gave me some really good experience. I was also on the board of directors for a national grant making foundation. And that was a startup. And that was also some really excellent experience, a really good learning opportunity to learn about how to give out funds from the foundation and what it might look like to be trying to get rid of some money. After those volunteer experiences ended, I started working for a for-profit company that contracts with dozens of different nonprofit organizations around the United States. And that company will provide the grant proposals to different nonprofits. And so I'm one of the contract grant writers for that company. So I currently write grants for a huge range of organizations and all kinds of different grant funding. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. It sounds like you're just going to have so many good answers for us for all of these questions. That's really cool that you kind of got experience in 
a whole bunch of everything. That's really awesome that you were able to find it. And yeah, that's an amazing you know, combination of your skills and passions to come together for grant writing. So that's great. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's been, a, it's been a really good fit for me and I've learned a lot and I'm happy to share the little bit that I know. So first off, for our listeners that are trying to figure out this grant thing, I feel like it's a word that's thrown around, but I didn't receive, I don't know if you, Carol, received any schooling about grants, but I didn't receive any like classes or anything about it. It was just kind of like thrown out there every once in a while. I think more in a master's program, maybe we would have received more education on that. Yeah, I think I think I had a few professors mention grant writing. We maybe even covered it as like a single lesson during one of our classes, but it was never in depth. I don't know. I'm not even sure if we had practiced, right? Maybe we practiced writing a grant, but it was not extensive. It's something that I've known in the back of my head that is a possibility for some programs, some record therapy programs to possibly get funding, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, so you're you're going to help us a lot today, Debbie, to kind of shed some light. So first off, for everyone that is listening, what what is a grant? What would you, if someone's just wondering what we're talking about? So I think the most straightforward answer for what is a grant would be a grant is a monetary gift that does not need to be paid back. However, grants can be a lot more nuanced than that. I I don't think that there is a one size fits all answer for what a grant is. Grants typically originate from a variety of sources. They can come from local, state, or federal governments. They can come from corporations or uh, corporate giving programs. They can come from philanthropic foundations or family foundations. And grants really vary extremely widely in a lot of different ways. So they vary in terms of eligibility and who is eligible to apply, what the application process might look like, the grant size. Uh, the amount of money that is provided in a grant, what restrictions might be, and what reporting requirements there are. So there is no one-size-fits-all approach for what a grant looks like or how it acts or how to get one. So yes, it is money. It does not, it's not a loan. It does not need to be paid back. But other than that, it's going to be very, very different depending on what type of grant you're going after. It's, it's like these, there's organizations that are like working for a cause. And then there's organizations that want to like support them working for a cause, whether it's government or corporations. And so a grant is a way for the guys with the money or with the ability to help these people and the people that want the help to say, Hey, we do this thing that you value. Can you help us? And they say, yeah, here's money, that kind of thing. Right. Yes. And every funder has different motivations. And I think that's an interesting distinction to make because Mm -hmm. a philanthropic foundation might have a good cause. They might say, hey, we really care about childhood diseases, or we really care about funding kids with cancer, or we might really care about preventing recidivism. And so they want, and they have a lot of money and they want to fund programs that are working in the same mission that they have. But that's very different from corporate giving programs, where corporate giving programs have a lot of money and they want to give it out so that their company looks good. They want to give it out so that they can put out a press release saying we donated X million dollars toward whatever funds. And governments also have a very different motivation where their grant making might be just to support the legislation that has been put forth. So 
Senate or some legislative body might pass a law saying that, or they might support a budget providing X number of billions of dollars to a certain purpose, according to legislation. And then the grant making program is to support those dollars and can help allocate the funding, the taxpayer funding for whatever organizations there are. So, and family foundations might just be a rich grandma has lots of money and says, hey, I want to give this out to somebody who is worthy. And they might not have any other stipulations. They might not have any focus area. They might not have a specific mission they're going for. So every single funder is going to be so different and have different missions, different purposes, and different ways of getting that money out. Suppose it would be good for the people that are pursuing grants to kind of know what the motivations of the grants, grantors. Absolutely. Yes. For example, if, if you're going for corporate funding from, let's say, Lara Bar, they're a, a big company, and maybe their funding is all about health. And maybe your organization is providing recreational therapy. It might be a fit, it might not be, but in your proposal, you're going to want to tell them why you are going to make them look good. You're going to tell them why your organization is directly aligned with their purpose. Mm -hmm. And usually the corporate giving grant applications have questions like, how are we going to get a kickback? So you have to say, you know, we're going to put your logo on our website. We're going to put your brand on our t-shirts. And when we run a race, we're going to make sure that you are on the back of those, that merchandise that we give out. And that's very different from say a federal grant. Sure. Okay. So I was going to ask who's eligible to receive a grant, but I think that that is a very broad question to ask. Yeah, that is a broad question, but there are certain distinctions and certain patterns, I guess you could say. So yes, every single grant is going to be different. And I think every question you ask me, there is going to be this caveat of, well, it depends. It depends on what grant you're going for. But generally, a lot of grants are looking for a certain qualifications. Usually, most grants are only going to go toward 501c3 organizations that are registered with the IRS that way. Now, that might not always be the case. Sometimes there are individuals who receive grants. Sometimes businesses can receive grants, but they're going to be a little bit more niche, and you're going to have to search specifically for business grants or individual grants, but they are, they are out there, but usually it's, um, grants are for 501c3 organizations. Usually they want to see a track record. Usually they want to see that they have their 990 tax forms already filed with the IRS. And then of course, every grant has different eligibility requirements too. So some might say you, I will only fund organizations that are doing work in Texas, or they might say, well, you have to be within the United States, or they might say only in this one unique community, or maybe they're going to say, I will only fund organizations providing services to children ages three through 12. So it's really important when you're going for a grant that you read all of their guidelines and all of their eligibility to make sure that your program is aligned with what they're looking for. So then my next question for that is how do you even find grants that you might be eligible for? Is there a streamlined way to search for them or how does anyone go about finding these sources? That's an excellent question. And that's the biggest first step you can make, right? I guess I should say that's the second step, but we'll get to the first step later on. But to find a grant, you can just do a Google search, but that's probably not gonna show you very many good results. What I would recommend is if you're 
going for a lot of different grant funding, you're going to need probably a, an account with a grant database. So there's a few different grant databases out there, and I can give you the names of them and the links to them so that you can put it in the show notes later. The major databases that I look through are Foundation Directory Online, um, powered by Candid, Grant Watch, and GrantStation. Now, these databases will pull all of the foundation, corporate, federal, state, local grants opportunities into one giant database, and you can use filters like what your location is what your mission is, what your population served is. If you're looking for capital funding or if you're looking for program funding or if you're looking for operational funding and you can create this filtered search in those databases to find the opportunities that are the best match for you. Mm-hmm. Another, There's so many other ways to do that. So that's if you're doing like a cold search online, that's the way to do it online. But a lot of funding can also come by word of mouth. So maybe you have a friend who works for, Walmart, or maybe you have a friend that works for Barnes and Noble and you, and they have corporate giving programs. And so you can say, Hey, do you have an in with the manager or with a grant manager? And you can ask for a local giving program, or you can ask for, you can go to your local government and say, what opportunities are there for funding local programs like this? So you can also do it by word of mouth and relationships are huge. It's so important to build a personal relationship between the program being funded and the funder. That makes a lot of sense. So you said that it's it's monetary, right? So if if you go to a company and they're like, oh, Home Depot will give you like so much stuff to build this thing, that's not a that's not considered a grant, right? It's like if they're giving money to it. That is a very good question. And there are in-kind grants. So if you go to these grant databases and you search for grants, it is possible that you'll find some grant opportunities that provide in-kind services or goods. Mm, interesting. Okay. That's and cool. in-kind just means that there's like a physical thing that they're giving you rather than money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. So I know like Sony will give in-kind grants for like TV screens or whatever. Mm. So if an organization is looking to hire a grant writer, someone like you do, I guess, are there certain requirements that they have to, what would be, what should they look for, (laughs) I guess, in trying to find a grant writer? Like what, what is a good resume for a grant writer? What do, are there certain requirements? Like, do you have certain certifications that you have to have? What would you? That's a great question. There are certifications out there. There are training programs programs that you can go through. And I know that my experience in my master's program, I I took a grant writing course in my MPA program, and that was a really big help to me as I was getting started. But honestly, I would say experience means more than the titles for a grant writer. And experience can mean a few different things. It can mean the number of years that you've worked. But also, if you are a niche, say an equine therapist, and you want a grant writer, you might want somebody who has some background with horses. You might want somebody who knows how to write about that program. You might not want to go for a grant writer who has only ever worked in hospitals. So you're going to want some experience, hopefully in the area that you are working in the field that you're working. And then also someone who has some history with actually writing grants, right? You probably would want to get some writing samples on a resume. You would want to see that they have done grant writing work before. I looked up grant success rates 
And I will say, I don't recommend using a success rate necessarily as your qualifier for a grant writer. The numbers that I found were all of, all over the all over the board. So mm-hmm. one source that I found said that a success rate for a grant writer looking for new grants that they've never that an organization has never applied for before, um, a decent success rate is thirty to forty percent for new grants, and eighty percent success rate if it's an existing grant or uh, for a program that already exists and they're just expanding. But another source that I found said that the average national success rate for grant writers is 10%. And if there's a grant writer with a 20 to 30% success rate, that's really high. So I wouldn't I wouldn't look for that number. And we'll get into more later on, on why the success rate doesn't really reflect on the grant writer's quality. That makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it's another one of those nuances. Like it's all over the place. What are they what are they writing for? What are they finding? I'm excited to hear more about that. So what do you, I guess, walk us through your process. Like what do you as a grant writer do? What are what what's kind of your daily process, I guess, with these with these 501Cs that you're working with? Yeah. So I will back up just a little bit before I will sign a contract with anybody. That first absolute necessary initial step to take before starting to write a grant for anyone. So you have to make sure the organization is grant ready. And that was a mistake that I made early on in my volunteering where I was working with startups and trying to find grant funding for them and they were not ready to get grants. So there is the eligibility piece where maybe they need to have their 501c3 determination letter, yes. But as hard as it is to get a 501c3 letter, that doesn't mean that you are a credible organization, most funders are gonna wanna look for a track record of success. Most funders are gonna wanna look and make sure that the staff in your program are well qualified and have some longevity, which is really hard for startups to prove. But I would say that in order to be grant ready, an organization has to have all their ducks in a row. They have to have all their paperwork filed. They have to have that 501c3 letter, they have to have their 990s filed, they have to have their staff in place, they have to have a plan for sustainability. And if those things aren't met, then it's going to be really hard to get the first funders on board. And so you might need to look at other funding sources first, so that you can get some success under your belt, so that you have some funding and Funders do not like to fund programs if they know they're the only person funding them because they're going to say, well, as soon as I stop funding you, you're going to fail. And I don't want that on my record. So it can be really good to get some a pretty robust fundraising program together already or have some local funders or fundraising events, other sources of income that are going to be sustainable before you even start thinking about writing grant applications. So that's the very first step. To me, that sounds like the first year of your program, you're probably not looking for a grant. Is that kind of what you're what you're saying? Like maybe give it like a year or is it probably just nuanced depending on the company and what they're doing? Yeah, it's hard to give a straightforward answer. Once again, <laughs> some organizations can hit the ground running and have a lot of great funding come in right from the start and start getting grants right away. And there are some grants, although they're relatively rare, that are looking for startups. 
So it is possible, but that's a very small minority of grants and they're pretty risky endeavors for funders. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't give a blanket length of time that an organization has to be running in order to start getting grants, but I will say they have to be a worthy investment for most funders. Yeah, sure. that makes sense. Um, this is kind of veering off of topic for a second, but is it possible for individuals working for an organization to write a grant or to get a grant, maybe just for a specific program within their organization? So yes. like maybe they're maybe they're not working for a nonprofit. Like let's say you're working for a hospital as a recreational therapist and you're looking to get funding to be able to buy like adaptive sports chairs for a wheelchair basketball program. Is it possible for individuals to apply for grants like that? If you're applying for a specific program, it would probably be an application under that program umbrella rather than an okay. individual. Sure. Um, I have seen some grants for individuals. Like if you are a wheelchair bound person, mm -hmm. you can apply to get an individual grant for an ad adaptive chair. Sure. But if it's going to be used for other people in a program, then you would probably apply under the, the program umbrella. And, and yes, your specific example might actually qualify as a 501c3 because a lot of hospitals are nonprofit hospitals. Sure. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I'm just thinking of scenarios that are more relevant to recreational therapists where a lot of us are I mean, there are quite a few recreational therapists working for nonprofits, but there are also a lot of recreational therapists just working in like a hospital or a nursing home or wherever and trying to get funding for different equipment that their program maybe doesn't have a budget for, or I don't know, would, would you say that's correct, Jenna? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's several, what about like a city program? Can city programs get grants and stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, cause yeah. they're, you just, they're, you just have to read those guidelines really carefully. And when you do a search in a database or something, you'll you'll have to specify if you're a 501c3 or a corporation. It is possible to get funding for these other types of organizations that you're talking about. Cool. Sure. Yay. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So we okay. talked about which is verifying that the organization that you're writing a grant for is has all their ducks in a row, is ready to apply for grants. If they are, what's the next step in the grant writing process? Yeah, um, you'll want to make sure that everyone in the organization is on board, that if you have a development team, that they are involved in the decision-making process, that the board is involved, the board of directors, um, that program staff are on board. And you want to make sure that you have a strategy in mind, like a fundraising strategy, and you know what your program's going for, what your mission is. And if that, I mean, that's all part of being grant ready, I suppose. But then after that, that's when you would start looking for grant opportunities using a web search or a database search or word of mouth. In addition to the databases, one really effective way to find funders is to search for similar organizations. So if you are an adaptive sports program, then you might want, if you work for an adaptive sports program, then you might want to search for other adaptive sports programs, either in your area or across the nation. You'll go to their website and you're gonna look for their list of sponsors and their list of supporters and their list of donors. And then you're gonna go down the list and search all of their websites and reach out and call them or make, or send emails to them and say, hey, I saw that you support X organization. Mm -hmm. I also do a similar job or my program is similar in this way. 
how can we get started working together? <laughs> Find people that have already said yes to other people. That's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. After you find some potential opportunities, you're going to want to, again, make sure that all those guidelines are met and then you can start tracking. You can put it on a, I usually put it together in a grant calendar. So I'll list all the potential funders and the amount that they're going to fund for, what their guidelines are, what their deadlines are. And then I'll work through that calendar in order of deadline or in order of how much money usually they're going to offer. And then I just start drafting the proposals. I'll read through all their questions and, and draft an application. So you as a grant writer probably have to know like a ton of details about these organizations when you're working with them, right? Like you've got to know them super well so that you can answer all the nuanced questions that each different organization might ask so that yeah. you can put this proposal together. Do they have, will they have like you're saying, like the application, they have specific questions. Is there generally like an outline that most organizations will have? This is what I want you to submit to me. Or is there nuance in that too, where you kind of just write a, a summary about what the organization is? Yeah, again, it varies widely what all the application requirements are. You can kind of think of it as college applications. Every college application has different questions on it, right? Some require seven essays and you're just tearing your eyeballs out writing seven <laughs> essays and some just say, okay, what's your name? And you know, that's it, you know, or some you just have to register for and that's all. So grants are very similar where you don't always know what you're going to get into, but most standard applications, I would say, do want to know your mission, your vision statement they want to know what your organization history is, what your program purpose is, what your outcomes are, and a lot of the time what your program staff are and what their backgrounds are, what their credibility is. A lot of them ask for your other funding sources. So those are some of the common application questions. And when I think of grants, I guess I've often thought of this organization wants to get a grant, but the way you're describing it is the best, maybe the best way is you're applying for a bunch of them. It's like like college applications. You apply for a bunch and hope that you get some of them. So if you're if you're starting on this process, maybe it's not best to just have this one organization with this one grant in mind, but to have to have the ability and willingness to be able to send out a bunch so that hopefully higher higher likelihood that you can get some some support. Absolutely. And if you're going with that success rate that I saw that quoted as 10% of grants are awarded, then in order to get one grant, you might need to do 10 applications or sometimes 20, you know, and, and it's never a guarantee. And maybe one application will give you $15,000, but maybe your program costs a hundred thousand dollars. And so where's the rest of it going to come from? So you definitely need to diversify. Okay. So, so you've written the grant, you've sent it out to the companies and then what what comes next after that what does what do the funders do and how does that work so once again every process is going to be a little bit different some will get back to you within four weeks and say congratulations you've been funded here's your check and some might 
have a two-step application process and they have so many applicants that they say, well, send in a basic application first and then we'll screen for all the organizations we're actually interested in. And then we will get back to you and say, congratulations, you are now eligible to complete a full application. And then you have 20 more essays to write. And so it might be that long. Sometimes they will, a funder will conduct a site visit and will go to your program location and tour it, see what it's like. Sometimes they take six months or even a year to get back to you. And, and that's another reason you need to apply for so many different opportunities because you might apply for one and you think you're a perfect fit, but you don't hear back for a year. And meanwhile, you've got bills to pay. Usually at some point they will get back to you and say either congratulations or I'm so sorry. Sometimes they will give you feedback like, this is why you didn't get the award, but you can apply again next year. And these are some things you might consider to improve your application. Sometimes they never get back to you at all and you just wait forever and you never know if they even received your application. Oh my gosh, that sounds so frustrating. <laughs> Put on all this work and then you don't hear from them, but I'm sure they're very busy too, but that, yeah. I'm sure that's very frustrating. And then after, again, things vary as in terms of what happens once you get the money. So some will have very strict reporting requirements. Federal government has pretty strict reporting requirements where you have to submit reports every so often with like, these are the number of people that you served and these are the outcomes and this is the statistics and the percentages of health outcomes improved. And some organizations will say, please give us a testimonial. And some people will say, just take their money and that's it. You don't need to report, but those are pretty rare. So like mm-hmm. a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense that they're all, so like accountability is all nuanced and expiration date. You have to use this money by a certain time. Like that could vary from organization to organization. When you're mm-hmm. again, like relating this back to recreation therapy for programs like this that you have worked with do you programs working with people with disabilities that kind of thing do do you feel like it's better to go for one certain type of grant than another like is it better is federal easier is is corporation easier or it's not or is one more reliable than another or there's not really a pattern I would say that foundation and corporate gifts or grants are usually more straightforward to apply for than government grants. And usually foundation grants and corporate grants will be smaller. The big numbers, hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars of grants are generally given by governments but those applications can be exceptionally painful. They can take 15 to 20 hours to draft. A lot of them will say, this is, you may not submit a proposal longer than 56 pages, (laughs) but then up to 56 pages is normal, you know? (laughs) So I would say that is a pattern where the government grants are typically more intensive to apply for and can give a bigger payout. But then you also have to recognize that you're probably going to have more stringent reporting requirements. So you have to be prepared for that on the management end after you get the money too. And sometimes foundations are really intensive processes to apply for also. But again, usually the larger the dollar amount, the harder the application process is. And the smaller the dollar amount, 
the easier the application process is. So let's say that you are new to this grant writing process. Maybe you aren't able to hire a grant writer. Are there any resources available for someone who's just looking to find funding for a smaller program? Never yes, absolutely. And again, I can send you links and titles of different programs so that you can that would be great. show notes. But there are so many different organizations out there willing to train you in grant writing. And as soon as you start Googling them, then all of your social media feeds are going to give you these targeted ads, you know, but there <laughs> yeah. are plenty of, um, and, and some of them will be more credible than others. But I will say Candid has some great resources and courses on specific grant writing topics. Grant Station and Funding for Good are also credible organizations that I go to for my professional development. The company that I work for, Ascend Nonprofit and Business Solutions, also offers a grant writing course. I have not taken that course, but I assume it's great because the founder of our company is great. Yeah, there's a lot out there. And there's definitely a lot of blogs out there that you can look up and podcasts. So there's a lot of free resources and a lot of paid resources too. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering where to get these resources, if you go to realtalkrecreationtherapy.com and click the podcast tab, we will have all of these under our show notes for this episode. So if you're listening, don't feel like you have to stop driving to write these things down. We will have them all written out for you in our show notes. So come and you guys can check that out. So Back on the topic of someone new to grant writing, what are some common mistakes that people tend to make when they're first starting to write a grant? Things to avoid. That is a great question. I'm going to split this answer into two different categories. One is mistakes you might make as a writer. And two is myths about grant writing in general. So I'll start out with those myths. And we've kind of gone over some of these already, but the first myth I would say is that grant writing is the only or the best source of income. You might start an organization or start up a program and say, all right, now it's time to get funding. So I'm going to go write a grant. But like I said, grants are kind of a long range goal where you might apply for a grant, but it'll take months to get the funding. Um, and it might you might not have a good fit. So Grant writing is definitely an important piece to a lot of different income streams, but you want to diversify your funding portfolio and it's definitely not the only place you should go. A second myth is that grant writing is free money. Grants are free money, but if you take into consideration the amount of time that you have to take to find the grant, to write the grant, to manage the grant, it might not be worth it to pursue a particular grant. A third myth is that a good grant writer will make or break your fundraising your fundraising plan. And I will say that when I first started grant writing, I kind of thought, hey, if I'm a great writer, then my grants are going to get funded. Um, but I had to learn very quickly not to take success personally because funders don't care who the person is behind the grant writer, um, behind the grant. What they care is if the program is credible if it's sustainable, if it's doing good work, if it's evidence-based. And I don't have control over any of those things as a grant writer. Um, so if I have beautiful language and I've crafted this amazing prose, it really doesn't matter if they're spending 90% of their funder funding on um, the executive director's salary. Mm. It really doesn't matter if I write beautiful writing and they serve two people a year. So Grant writing is important, 
but having your program in place is much more important. You don't have to be a trained grant writer in order to make your program sing on paper. If you're really, really passionate about it and have passable grammar and can put some thoughts down in a legible way, then that goes really far too. So those are some myths. Then mistakes you might make as a starting out grant writer is to apply for just any grant that you see. And I think in the course of this conversation, I've said over and over and over that grants are so different. You have to find the grant that fits your program. I can't stress enough how important the fit is because if a funder is looking for something that is not your organization, don't try for it. It doesn't matter. It makes me think of applying for jobs where you could apply to every single job out there, but you probably aren't qualified for, you know, most of them. It's very niche into like what, what application is worth your time applying for if you're actually going to be qualified for it or not. That is 100% true. Yeah. It's very much like applying for jobs. And similar to that, it's really easy for grant writers to get into a rut of answering the same questions Mm. and copying and pasting from one grant to another without actually reading the grant guidelines. And that is a huge red flag. And I've seen grants submitted with answers to a question that have nothing to do with the question. And it's like, you cannot do this. It doesn't, they're looking for specific things. And if you're not answering, then how do they know if you're a good fit? Another mistake that organizations or program managers might make is applying for grants at the wrong time in their developmental stage. So what I was saying, if you're too early of a program, it's just a startup and you're applying for funding for an established program, it's not going to go well for you. And, And then the final mistake that I thought of is that it's really common for organizations or programs to chase funding that might be really similar to what you're doing, but not precisely what you're doing. And then you have to deliver. If you get the funding, you have to deliver it. And so you might start getting some mission drift. You might start your organization saying, hey, I'm going to do adaptive sports for these kids. But then funders really want to make sure that they're also being fed while they're in the program. And so then you start providing food and nutrition and that's not at all what you started out as. Pulling yourself into one thing that was maybe not your initial goal. Exactly. So it's just so important to find the right fit again and to stick with that fit and not get distracted by the allure of other funding. How long does it typically take you to write a grant when you find one that works well for whatever organization you're working for? It seems like a good fit. Like how much time do you put into each individual grant? The more straightforward grants, including various drafts and revisions might be anywhere between three hours for for an initial draft up to five to 10 hours, including all the revisions. The more complicated ones, especially the federal government ones, will take 10 to 15 hours for an initial draft sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it just goes up from there. Do you have any advice for new grant writers on having like your grant, would it be a proposal, grant application being edited by someone? If you've never done it before, is there any advice for having someone look it over before you submit it to make sure you haven't answered a question incorrectly? Yeah, so you want to go at that in a number of different ways. You would probably want to have somebody review it who knows the funder's guidelines or at least provide those guidelines for them and say, can you Mm -hmm. check this to make sure that my writing answers these questions and fits the guidelines? That's huge. You want to 
probably have someone who has decent grammar to look it over and say, hey, can you make sure my sentences make sense? And that's different than do my responses answer the questions and fit the guidelines? And then a third way to review it would be somebody who is really, really familiar with the program to read through it and say, are we sure that this is all true? And is this actually the impact we're making? Okay, so I work for a company called Ascend Nonprofit Business Solutions. And it is a company based in San Antonio, Texas, but we contract with nonprofits around the United States. And we also contract with businesses. Mm -hmm. So there's a wide range of clients that we work for and a wide, wide range of different types of funding that we go for. So your this company writes grants for nonprofits, businesses. So mm -hmm. if you are looking for a grant writer and you like me are like, wow, Debbie knows everything, then you can go to Ascent and find them and you can hire one of these grant writers or you can talk to them about contracting with them. And mm -hmm. someone like you can work with the companies to kind of take care of this piece for them or like work with them to take care of this piece because obviously there's going to be a lot of collaboration. Yeah, I will say you can hire a grant writer on a contract basis using a website like Upwork or Fiverr, but one of those organizations and you can hire them on a case-by-case -case basis and that might be cheaper than working through a company. But if you're going to talk with a company like Ascend NBS, the one that I work for, you're going to pay a higher rate and you're going to be paying for the experience of a whole team of staff writers, of grant writers. So you're not going to get just one grant writer with us, but we all review each other's work and we all have a lot of experience. It kind of depends on what you're going for and what level your program's at, what kind of funding your program already has. Yeah, it would be different if you were an individual just looking for a little bit of funding to buy equipment versus like an entire nonprofit organization that's looking to start an entire program for whether or not you're going to hire you from working for a company or finding someone who's just doing freelance type work. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. If they, if someone wanted to become one of your clients, how would they, or a client of Ascent, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, you could go to the Ascend website. And again, I'll send you that link so that you can put it in the show notes. And then there's a little button that you can click. Talk to them about making a contract. I can give my personal information too. I'm currently at capacity. So I, I can't take on individual clients myself. But if you wanted me to point you in the right direction, then I could try to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll put that up there on the show notes too. If someone is like, okay, I just want to get more information or or find someone that you'd recommend, that would be great. And then as we're wrapping up, you have obviously worked with lots of really cool nonprofit groups. We'd love to share resources with recreation therapists if they're looking for cool resources or groups that are kind of doing the same sort of things we are or that they could point their clients towards. Are there any are there any resources or groups that you want to promote to tell us about, to tell people to go check out? Um, I think I've mentioned the ones that I use the most heavily already. I don't have any, I don't have a personal brand to promote. I don't have a book yeah. that I wrote that everyone should buy or anything. <laughs> I can certainly share a couple of books that have been helpful to me in terms of how to write a grant. And then I will send along the links to the websites I talked about that have 
some good blogs and some good training courses. Yeah, that would be great. We would love to put that on our show notes. Jana, are there any other questions that you have? No, but seriously, thank you so much. I learned so much in this conversation about grants and I'm really excited to share this with people that are that have questions. I loved your myth debunking section because I really did like have so many of these myths in my head like like grant is free money. I feel like that is like the the big thing that I heard, but then hearing you talk about how extensive your process is, it really is like a commitment to to like anything else, like a commitment to figure out, is this the right step for me? But also I feel a lot more capable <laughs> of finding grants and searching them out. It feels, it feels less daunting and more understood. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I guess I just wanted to say in the show notes, I'm going to see if I can find any grants that already exist for people in the realm of recreational therapy and adaptive sports. If I'm successful in finding them, I'll put some links to those on the show notes. So if any recreational therapists are looking at grants that might possibly be a good fit for some of their programs, maybe that would be a helpful resource for you. Otherwise, thank you again so much, Debbie, for sharing your expertise with us. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Real Talk Recreation Therapy. If you're looking for some of the information that we talked about today, you can find it on our show notes at www.realtalkrecreationtherapy.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and some of the other episodes we put out, we would love to have you like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thank you so much for your support, and we hope you'll join us for the next episode. Bye!